Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So you're about to hear something that will turn your stomach. No, it's not gruesome. It's 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 who it is. It's not even what they say. It's just once you recognize the voice, it's good. It's good. See, this is this is why we're doing this disclaimer. Because if I'm like listening to the radio and I hear this voice come on, I like lunge for the button to turn off the radio. And I'm just telling you, it's going to be over in a few seconds, and then we'll explain what's going on. But this is horrific. Best best build up ever. Are we approaching the point where we are past the pandemic phase and you'll like go get some rest? <laughs> I'm not so sure, George. I want to make sure we're really at this before Fauci. I really seriously consider doing anything different. We're still in this. We have a way to go. I think we're clearly going in the All right, right direction. I can't, I, I, can't, I, can't even, well, I can't even listen to the rest of it. Can't listen to his own clip. It's not over, <laughs> but we're going in the right direction. Shut up! Nobody wants to hear from you! Good Lord! Well, you understand he represents science, right? Come on. I represent science. So I'm just going to give you this information about the new Omicron variant in case it comes up at a school or where you work or something like that. So you have some info, right? There's a new Omicron variant that is, believe it or not, 50% more transmissible than Omicron. Wow. Omicron was unstoppable. Just unstoppable it spread so easy. And the new variant is 50% more transmissible than that. So really, it's all you need to know about it. You couldn't stop it if you wanted to. So any no. time, so that, then they got into the conversation, Stephanopoulos and old man Fauci about a lot of places are starting to, you know, taper back on their restrictions. Is it too early? Well, you know, restrictions uh, can come and go and we can put them back, but uh, people should hesitate. You know, it doesn't make any difference. Wearing a mask mask didn't work with Omicron. It's documented people. Look it up. So I guarantee you with this new version, it makes no difference whatsoever. So why would you even discuss it? Not to mention there was more uh, details that came out on a big study over the weekend showing there's no science to show. There's no data to show that places that masked more did better. Vaccinations, yes. The more vaccinated places have had fewer deaths, no doubt about it. But masking, no. There's just no evidence that that did did any good, even back with the old COVID, let alone this new one that gets around it. So you got that. The new variant is 50% more transmissible, so masks are pointless. Now, Britain has had its cases double in the country in the last three weeks. So Uh, Yes, I have comments on this. In the past, when that has happened in Britain, it has happened in the United States. Who cares? We test way more than we ever tested before. The cases go up. It's not going to make you very sick. And you couldn't stop it if you wanted to, so why worry about it? And by the way, this. How about this gives you an idea of how much Omicron spread. According to the New York Times, 45% of Americans have had Omicron. Mm. Almost half of the country had the most recent variant that hasn't even been around that long. That's how easily it spread. And this one makes that one look like a punk. Yeah. You're just not stopping hand, it, so don't think about it. What's the great question? The great unanswered question. How sick does it make you? 
How, how dangerous is it? I don't want to hear how many people got the common cold. I don't care. Why would I care? So listen to NPR before the show to punish myself for my sins. Um, and, uh, and, and they reported it was, you know, fairly thorough report in their style, but they being COVID obsessed clickbaiters, like so much of the lefty media is, they said uh, the cases in Britain have doubled. Okay, fine. And then they said, and hospitalizations are on an upswing. And I'm like, what's an upswing mean? You just gave me a specific number. But now, now the hospitalizations, which is the only question that anybody should give a flying crap about, is an upswing. And then they say, and deaths appear to be up slightly. They appear to be up slightly. See, this is clickbait crap. This is what makes people cynical. Give us the information a reasonable human being would need. How it, how, in what, uh, to what extent is my health endangered? Well, a reasonable human being should need, but there are plenty of people that this is, I don't know if it's exciting or I don't know what it is. I, I still haven't figured out the psychology of, uh, the people that are really into the fear end of it, but I was involved in a conversation recently. I'll be vague in which, uh, the decision makers said, well, with all this talk of the new variant, let's not drop the mask mandate yet. So there you go. Doesn't there will matter that the always mask... be new variants. Well, that and the masks don't do any good. And well, yeah. there's that. You would think that would end the discussion. You, you, you would think you. You would think that'd be the only thing you really need to know. We can wear masks, not wear masks, stand on our head, poop wooden nickels, whatever you want to do. But it ain't going to make any difference. I love this. I, I hold in my greasy mitts a letter to families from. I'm, I'm debating the the person who furnished us with this one to remain anonymous, and I, I guess I'll just I'll keep the school anonymous. Fancy pants, expensive, uh, private uh, California school. We'll just go with that. Dear fancy pants school families, <laughs> as you may have heard by now, your California pants are Gov- so fancy. Oh Lord, no plain pants allowed. Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom, California Department, blah, 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 said masks strongly uh, recommended but not required as of March 12th, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Fancy Pants School will be doing a slow rollout toward this new mask guidance. This transition will be done in three phases. Keeping in mind, this is children wearing useless cloth or surgical masks. They might as well wear garlic around their necks to ward off vampires as these stupid masks. Phase one, masks optional outdoors. That's right. Their brave new move is (laughs) on Monday, March 21st, students and staff have the option to remove their mask outdoors. Are you freaking kidding me? Wow. 75% of the country hasn't worn a mask outdoors for a year and a half. And that's your bold, new, dangerous move. Uh, Please inform your child's teacher of your decision so they can uphold your expectations. Teachers will have the option to remove their mask and wear a face shield instead while indoors. Wait a minute. Those face shields we've known don't do anything. Unless somebody like sneezes in your face, they're useless. They're absolutely useless. That's phase one. Phase two, strongly recommended, but optional to wear masks indoors. Effective Monday, April 4th, students and staff have the option to wear their masks indoors. Again, please inform your teacher. Phase three, Monday, May 2nd. Jack, you're going to get a fall. You're going to love this. May 2nd? We're now into May? We will stop temperature checks in the morning. 
You're still checking people's temperatures? And you're going to until May. That's priceless. Oh, my As God. Of, it was like March last. It was like October the previous year. It was widely known that, oh, temperature checks really don't do any good because there are so many pre-symptomatic and asymptomatic cases. I mean, it's just it's hardly useful at all. And that's their bold new step in May. Wow, they're still doing temperature checks until May. Can you believe this crap? Hey, well, there again, I I can't wait to till somebody figures out the psychology. I don't know who would do it though, because it's like your university types that are into this sort of thing. The psychology of the fear of this—that like people enjoy it, or it's become their identity. Or it is tied into politics, or I don't know what, but it's 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 something, and I I know a few, and it's it's interesting to observe. And then as of June first, we're gonna smear goose liver on our chests to prevent pneumonia and the consumption. These people are completely hysterically superstitious. And we're gonna crazy. kill a bison and split spread the blood on our foreheads and dance around a tree, as this is <laughs> exactly the spring equinox or something. Sure, why not? You might as well do that as wear a mask, because it's they're all as effective. I do enjoy a good bloody bison pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a good tease, but it popped out of my head. Will the New York in? Times newsroom, oh, we've yeah. got a free speech problem. I had a good... Uh, we're going to talk to Mike Lyons at the bottom. I got a heck of a question for him, because there's talk of Putin using tactical nukes. How would we react? What is a tactical nuke anyway? So I want to hear that. But yeah, New York Times editorial... Board. I mean, this is the whole newspaper saying we have got a free speech problem in America, and they included all your lefty cancel culture types, and the reaction has been strong. That next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The ACLU has long been synonymous with freedom of speech. They defended it from even the most hated groups like the Nazis, the Klan. It was never about what you were saying. It was about the liberal principle of your right to say it. Well, they have new guidelines now, namely that before taking a case, ACL lawyers should consider if the case might cause offense to marginalized groups, or if a potential client's values are contrary to our values. Contrary to our values? Your values are free speech and the First Amendment. Those are your values. Your whole purpose in life is not to be worried about offense to marginalized groups, because we understand that free speech is an even more important value than never being offended. Because you're the ACLU, not UCLA. Do most Americans agree with Bill Maher there? Do most Democrats agree with Bill Maher there? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. I I think troubling might be 50-50. I wonder about that. A troubling number would disagree with him. So you got an old Democrat lefty, Bill Maher, saying the ACLU is supposed to protect all speech. That's what you used to do. Now you pick and choose? That's the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. And the New York Times over the weekend, their editorial board, 
as was pointed out by reason, for anybody who doesn't know this, it's not like a columnist said this and then went ahead and printed it. No, this when the editorial board of a newspaper puts something at this out, it's like, this is our newspaper's stated opinion on this. Our whole organization, this is what we believe. America has a free speech problem. For all the tolerance and enlightenment that modern society claims, Americans are losing hold of a fundamental right as citizens of a free country. The right to speak their minds and voice their opinions in public without fear of being shamed or shunned. And it goes through stuff on the right that I don't all agree with. But I think they had to throw that in there to not have all their newspapers uh, burned in America. And really (laughs) heavy on taking on cancel culture on the left which is damned interesting, from the New York Times editorial board. And um, Reason Magazine put out a piece saying, wow, we could have written this article. Robbie, Robbie Suave, who we've had on the show before. I could have written this article. The New York Times admits that America has a free speech problem. Many on the left refuse to acknowledge that cancel culture exists at all, laments the New York Times. The reaction to it, is its own interest. Now, this is a whole bunch of blue checkmark people. If you don't aren't on Twitter, and almost nobody is, but if you're on Twitter, you know that blue checkmark people are people that rise to a certain level of importance in America. Like if you work for a newspaper or a TV station, or you're a big enough deal, you get a blue checkmark. So those opinions matter more than just like regular doofuses. A lot of your blue checkmark lefties really hated with the New York Times pointing out that cancel culture is a problem. Some guy named Adam Davidson. Again, I didn't look up who all these different people are. If I still worked at the New York Times, I would seriously think about quitting today. Watch a hot. I'm sure, a- you would. You lunatic. You adolescent. Watch a hot Ali. Retweet if you want the New York Times to add more columnists who write about the rise of fascism instead of adding more who always complain about cancel culture. Um, dude. Isn't that what fascism is? You taking getting rid of the columnists that say things that you don't agree with? Yeah, the fact that that's one of the great ironies of our time is uh, lost on people like uh, whoever that is. Some blue checkmark Democrat named Kevin Krauss. If the New York Times doesn't want people being shamed or shunned for bad opinions, they can help by no longer running columns by Dowd, Brooks, or Stevens. Marine Dowd, David Brooks, and Brett Stevens are... Milk toast conservatives to lefties as columnists, but they should be fired, according to this person. Jeff Jarvis, another blue checkmark lefty. And these are all from reason, reason pointing out the reaction of the left to this. This is appalling. The both sidesism of the New York Times comes out in full force from its editorial board as it equates the left criticizing hate and the right burning books. Pure moral panic. Criticizing hate. Oh, so you and your type get to decide what's hate, and then you get mm-hmm. to criticize it. And it will ju- we'll just have to go with the fact that you're obviously right about what's hate and what's not. Okay, I get that. That makes well, sense. You read my mind. The, uh, the point of view is our opinion is self-evidently wholly writ and cannot be disputed. And I, d- furthermore, I don't have to back it up. You just take it or we will savage you. Meanwhile, on the right side of the aisle, mostly, we take the point of view that, okay, here's what I think and I will explain to you why I think it. Therefore, I would appreciate uh, being allowed to speak it. On the left, no, 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 they've already decided, so no free speech for you. 
Um, what the New York Times gets into about can- cancel culture, particularly on the left, is driving people out of their jobs, you know, um, um, books not being printed, uh, movies not being shown, all that sort of stuff, because uh, a, a, a loud voice rises up and says, you've crossed some sort of line. The stuff they didn't like on the right, they use the example of the don't say gay law in Florida, which is completely misinterpreted as to what it is. Even Bill Maher, getting back to older lefties, said, why would we be teaching little kids about sex? Right. But I got to say, I'm not sure you need to have a state law about it as opposed to individual school districts deciding that. Um, you know, I, you can, we can argue about that particular issue. Um, but I, I think my reading of it was the, the New York Times sees the cancel culture of the left a really big problem. They had to throw in that stuff on the right or they would have just been doomed. I mean, they got hit pretty hard by people on the left as it was. Well, right. That uh, feedback loop between the left part of the Democratic Party and the media that's reinforcing all of this gobbledygook has gotten people in institutions like the New York Times into a very weird spot. And the editorial board understands that. Right. You know, getting back to the ACLU statement, I thought that was interesting. They used fancy verbiage about uh, clients that uh, don't ref- uh, that reflect values antithetical to ours, blah, blah, blah. Very, very fine uh, verbiage there. They broke out their thesaurus. But what they said was, we will only defend clients we agree with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is a complete departure from the ACLU's soul. Reason ended with this. This philosophy must be countered by everyone who claims to hold liberal values. Talking about cancel culture. It's a relief to know that the great lady still has some fight left in her, I would say. Mike Lyons, next. What if Putin does use tactical nukes, as some people are saying he might in the next couple of weeks? What would that look like? We'll find out. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Potential for escalation is still very powerful on the Russian side. I had a conversation with a couple of European diplomats this weekend. There are real concerns that they use one and possibly two tactical nuclear weapons in the course of the next couple of weeks Mm -hmm. within Ukraine, specifically targeted at those military supply lines. And part of the reason he'd be willing to go there, according to the New York Times in their article yesterday... Some military institute that studies these sorts of things said we're at a bloody stalemate. He's ru- his country is ruined financially, and it is not coming back as long as he's the leader of it. Not a chance. So he's backed into a corner. He is the wounded animal in a corner. Let's discuss with Major Mike Lyons, a retired from the United States military, where he served with distinction, respected analyst for a number of broadcast and cable networks. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be back. Uh, terrific. Hey, before we get to the question of tactical nukes, uh, can you describe for us uh, what you see as the situation in Ukraine? I mean, the it, it seems to be an all-out barbaric uh, slaughter, the likes of which we haven't seen in many, many generations. Uh, no question. And the Ukraine military has now resorted to guerrilla tactics. Um, the days of maneuver are over. The Russians are digging their tanks in in defensive positions, which are called the hasty defense. Um, the Ukraine military is deploying small units of eight to ten individuals. Uh, they're loaded with javelins and stingers and all kinds of things and creating havoc in guerrilla warfare style. Um, it's completely a stalemate on the ground conventionally. It just goes to show you that um, 
you know, the military is an extension of foreign policy looking to accomplish aims that diplomacy couldn't. But at this point, it doesn't look like that's happening. And so there's not much more. I, I don't think the military can do on the ground conventionally. It just happens what comes from the air and what the strategic weapons are going to do. And it's going to continue to be a, a, a pounding situation. Right now, I think the Ukraine military is going to go after artillery units, um, those local units that can affect the situation, but they don't have a lot of say in what comes from the sky. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. Is there anything they can do about those missiles that come in and take out the schools or apartment buildings or a, a mall today in Kiev? Is there any weapon that we can give them or anything to do anything about that? So they're trying. There's That's where those SA-300s or the Patriot missile can do that. And and uh, it's uh, the, the, they're deploying the hypersonic missiles, which are much more difficult for us to intercept them. But it's still very difficult to shoot a missile out of the sky. Um, it's kind of hitting a bullet that's going very fast, and those hypersonic missiles go to speed us down. So it's, it's very difficult to do that. Now, the question is, it's, they have some SA-300s there. They have been deployed. It's the reason why the airspace is still contested over Ukraine. However, I don't know how we're going to get more in. And, and those, you know, they just don't, you, know, you just can't roll them across the border. And all those systems also come with radar equipment and fire direction centers and crews. And, and they have to be deployed as well. The worst possible thing happens is if the Ukraine military gets some of this equipment, like let's say a U.S. Patriot missile battery, for example, and not sure how it goes, they could potentially shoot a Ukraine aircraft out of the sky. So it is, um, th- these are strategic, challenging, crew-served weapons that are just not easy to, to get into country right now. So on the clip that we played just a little bit ago, the idea of Putin using one to two tactical nukes over the next couple of weeks, what the heck is a tactical nuke? What would it do if he used one? And what do you think the reaction of NATO or the United States would be? So a tactical nuke is defined by its delivery mechanism. And in this case, it would be likely an artillery round um, that is approximately anywhere from 20 to 25 miles away. And uh, it has a, a low kiloton yieldage uh, that, that doesn't replicate anything that we saw, for example, in Hiroshima or, or, or the like. But it could cause enough damage where it, um, you know, it, it, it multiplies the impact of a, a normal artillery battery. So uh, plus it leaves uh, radiation. It leaves that there's uh, you know, the cloud that goes with it. There, there's it, it is a high bang for your buck type weapon system. We have tactical nukes on our side as well. Um, we deploy them. It's something I was in charge of when I was in the military um, full time. And it, 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 uh, they're highly effective and they're used in most cases in the defense to, to kind of stop an enemy from coming through something. Now, to use them offensively is um, something that we don't we would do doctrinally. But if they're going to do it, it, all they'll do is cause tremendous destruction because anything within, you know, let's say five square miles, six square miles, maybe up to even 10 square miles will be completely obliterated really anything within 10 square miles would be completely obliterated wow well it, it certainly seems to us that putin has shown zero hesitation to slaughter civilian populations are we just being naive about the way most warfare unfolds or is this particularly callous i i think this is warfare and this is just something we haven't seen since world war ii because the world has been peaceful since then and um, and in some ways, it's still happening only on a regional scale. It's not uh, we don't see millions of people killed yet 
at this point. I know I'm trying to keep this in perspective, but you know, Russia is a country that lost 20 million people during World War II, and and so we just we're not used to it. We're not used to seeing it, and it's unfolding on television every night. It's unfolding in TikTok videos. It's unfolding out there, uh, and it's obviously very personalized to, to a lot of us. But this is the the capabilities that these sides have, have and they can do. Um, but I don't, there's nothing, I'm not sure still what we could do to stop it on the other side right now as well. Um, we can't find Vladimir Putin. We can't bomb him. That There's an expression about, you know, bombing, for example. You can bomb it. You can do everything you want, but it's still at some point you have to hold it. And Russia's not going to be able to proving to be holding the ground in Ukraine that they currently have. So uh, back to the tactical nukes thing, the other question I had was, what do you think the reaction would be by NATO if he if he crossed that line into using nukes? I still don't think that's the red line. The, okay. the red line remains the border. The red line's the border if, if he decides. So I think he's concerned about by accident shooting a cruise missile over across the border into those supply lines, into Poland, into Romania. I think that is the that's the red line. But inside of the sandbox of Ukraine right now is as harsh as it sounds. Um, NATO still will not respond because what what's the response? There's no there's nothing we can do that will deter him from doing that again. And it could also cause him to fire that same nuclear weapon across the border. Then 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 what do you do now, if he decides to go after Poland, decides to go after Romania with a larger, you go to Warsaw. I mean, could you imagine firing a nuclear weapon at Warsaw? That's, that's on the table. Yikes. Major Mike Lyons on the line. Mike, my final question anyway, uh, and I realize this is a little outside your 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 field, but um, some are encouraging President Biden on his trip to Poland to just go ahead, go next door, go see uh, Volodymyr Zelensky in Kiev, announce it in advance, say the American president's going to be in Kiev. How crazy an idea is that? Uh, it's crazy. It's on the it's a hundred on the crazy meter. I can't even imagine. I saw Ian Bremmer propose that. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. mean, I, I can't. We, we please the the risk that would go with that is just not worth any potential reward. Um, you know, Joe Biden is not the springest of chickens to be in a situation where if something had to happen and he had to move quickly. Let's say he's not doing it. So. I no, that that's not a good idea. I, I don't know. I, I you know, it's not he's not the right guy. All the things are wrong. He's not the right guy. That's a really dangerous place. We got a really bad enemy. You, you do the math on that and you double underline and you say probability of success in that is, is zero. So I, I, I think I, I saw that and I was surprised. I don't think it's really I, yeah, I think 100 on the crazy meter pretty much uh, summarized your view. Well said, uh, Major Mike Lyons. Mike, thank you so much for the analysis. Uh, let's uh, talk again soon. Great, guys. Thanks for having me. So, so he's a military expert. That's what he knows as well as anybody uh, in America. That's why we talk to him. On the media public opinion question, though, which is something I know more about, I was watching MSNBC this morning. Joe Scarborough, who has the ear of a lot of the Democratic Party in this country, said there's no way Americans and Europeans put up with the use of nukes on the European continent. And the politicians would be pushed so hard to react to that. Even even if so even if militarily, as Mike Line said, what are you gonna do? It's a bad idea. It's not a red line. Boy, I think public opinion wise, whoa, I think it'd be huge.
Uh, I could explain to you why it shouldn't be, but, you know, at a certain point, that doesn't matter. No, I don't think I mean, it does. <laughs> nuclear energy is an energy source, and those bombs are very, very different. The tactical nukes we're talking about are very, very different from a major nuclear weapon. Oh, yeah, but um, how about the idea of wiping out? Imagine what those videos look like. If it completely uh-huh. obliterated 10 square miles, what the hell would those videos look like? Oh, my God. And the public opinion in the United States, I think, would would run way toward we need to do more. Imagine what it would be in Europe. That same journalist you just heard, Katie Turo, and I've heard David Ignatius of the Washington Post talking about traveling around Europe. He said, you can't believe the fever pitch of support for Ukraine there is Hmm. in Europe right now. Imagine if he uses a nuke. Well, and I wonder what those echoes would be in Beijing as well, as they're they're desperately and pathetically trying to defend the indefensible. And we have some of those clips, and they'll just make you squirm in your seat. But uh, can you imagine if if it got even more horrific and indefensible? What sort of recalculations might happen in Beijing? There is I, a. I hope I never find out. I hope we don't find out any of this stuff. But it is not. Just, you know, wild talk radio speculation. This is absolutely on the table over the next couple of weeks. The fact that Putin decides to use a tactical nuke. Europe says, no, you're not. And, you know, we we don't make all the decisions in NATO. Uh, NATO decides we're responding to this full on. We're at war with Russia now. You do not use nukes that close to NATO countries. Mm-hmm. And it, we're at war with the well, biggest nuclear power in the world. You know, you make a good point. Radiation floats with the wind. So that is the, that is the red line. You have now, in effect, attacked Poland, for instance, or Romania or wherever. People yeah. who said previously or still say that the likelihood of this, you know, spreading toward the United States, I think, I think they're being way too sanguine about the idea of a full-on U.S. versus Russia war. I hope it doesn't happen. NATO versus Russia, please. Oh, okay. As an American, I'm mostly worried about the uh, the U.S. angle of it. Um, of course, I think I think if Putin uses a tactical nuke, and I mean this is completely out of my hind end. I don't know what his thinking is, but I got to believe that that's like at least a fifty fifty chance over the next couple of weeks. Given how backed into a corner he is, what are his other options? Well, th- this one wouldn't do him any good. I mean, in the long term. None in of fact, this, it, it would do enormous harm, but th- that's the this, problem. None of this is doing him right. any good. Right. Bombing that mall earlier today, killing who knows how many hundreds of people didn't do him any good. None of this is doing him any good. He's doomed. He might as well put a gun in his mouth today. He is over. Can we have a vote? On that one, that proposal, I love that idea. Well, how many, you know, this is getting really, really grim, I realize, but it's a grim topic. How many times do you see the situation where it's usually a guy, you know, I'm taking, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm angry at the boss, I'm angry at the family, whatever it is, they're going with me before I put the gun in my mouth. Happens mm-hmm. all the time. Putin might be that guy. He just is going to be nukes on a world stage. Well, yep, Grim is right. That's Grim. But completely, I think, 100% a real possibility. God dang it, these next couple of weeks are going to be dicey. But like you said earlier, there's there's no there's no letting him out of the corner. You can't back down from the guy. No, but all you can do is uh, to paraphrase Winston Churchill is to face it and deal with it quickly. Don't turn your back because you will double the danger. Um, so, wow, we'll watch that. Now, on a more inspirational uh, note, 
I don't know from David Beckham, the giant soccer star. I understand he could bend it. Uh, I wouldn't know him if he walked into the studio and kicked me with his super powerful soccer leg right in the junk. But he did something incredibly beautiful uh, this past week I want to tell you about. Okay, fantastic. That's good stuff. I do need to talk about how my kid uh, did in that kid way. He, uh, he, he, he was pretty damaging to me. You know, and then the way that kids are super honest. Oh, no. Not being too honest. Uh, too honest sometimes, yeah. Got that for you. A bunch of other stuff. And you could text us. Any thoughts on that conversation? Uh, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Why haven't you been canceled? Like, I am uncancelable. Why is that? Because I don't give a <laughs> And I'm not in bed with any big corporate things at the end of the day. There's nobody I'm beholden to, no record companies, no corporate interests, no nothing. And you can't cancel me. I, I love it when they try. Child Rock. Kid Rock there. He's uncancelable. I'm sure he is. Young Man Rock. You know that? I gotta, I gotta send you a picture or show it to you uh, during a break. A buddy of mine was at a car race somewhere, and he gets into an elevator, and there's he, he kind of shuffles in looking down like you do in an elevator, and he sees this enormous, like, Detroit ring on a guy's hand. And he looks up, and there's a young man rock right there. Hmm. Took a, a couple selfies with him, asked him to sing a tune or two. He's, the kid <laughs> rock says, not unless I'm getting paid. And, uh, and, and my buddy Chris says, how about 100 bucks? Chris Rock said, not even close. <laughs> But anyway, wow, they took some he pictures. Actually to get... ask him to sing. <laughs> yeah, uh, authorities believe alcohol. Was oh wow! Uh, but uh, took a couple of pictures. Young man, Rock looks a little worn. He, he doesn't look like the healthiest. Dude. Well, he's also like fifty, isn't he? Yeah, but he just—I mean—he's like thin to the point of, are you okay? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But I hope he's okay. He's an interesting personality and a fine musician. Hey, one interesting thing I've noticed about the news today, um, taking a look at various shows, a lot of them jumped right to the Supreme Court nomination hearings, which are kicking off this week, which I have no interest in whatsoever, because mm-hmm. um, she'll get it confirmed and she'll go through, and this is all just crap for like the super political types to feel like their side is fighting. Um, I'm not interested in it, but uh, a lot of your news networks went to that story early and big. And I just wonder if we're starting to see, it's a weird time to have it happen, but starting to see the, yeah, we're getting tired of the whole Ukraine story, going to move on to other things. Yeah, first yeah, first I, I've seen of it in a month. You know, you could you could put it like that, or you could put it like uh, there, uh, there are other stories going on that we really ought to cover. No, this is a dumb one, though. So the fact that they've turned to a dumb political story... To push Ukraine off the uh, the first segment, I think, is interesting. Well, you're bitter and cynical, and I pity you. But I would point out that um, it's worth the Republicans, because they're not going to fight this nomination for a couple of reasons, which we don't need to get into. But um, uh, if they made the point over and over and over again, the proper role of a judge, as opposed to being a, a legislator, and they put it in ways normal people could understand, I think that would do some good. But they probably won't, and so I should not even hope. And and he's bitter and cynical. I'm dopey and naive. Uh, so never mind. Clarence Thomas, most people consider the most conservative judge on the Supreme Court, 
Went in the hospital last night. No, oh, but I guess he's fine. Pray for his health. He's not going to be in person for stuff today, but he seems to be okay. He's an old okay. man, though, like all of them, like most of them. He's very, very old. Well, yeah, and any time an old fella gets uh, you know, admitted to the hospital for an infection they can't quite figure out what to do with, that's a little bit scary. That's a so. decent point. If either anyway. one of my parents were going to the hospital at their age, which is roughly his age, yeah, I'd be concerned. Yeah, like I say, pray for his health. So uh, David Beckham, the whole Victoria Beckham Spice Girl thing, I could not give less of a crap. Um, but uh, Oh, now that I care about. See, I'm super into the Spice Girls. Don't care about the Supreme Court. <laughs> really into the Spice Girls. Okay, so David Beckham has 71.4 million followers on Instagram. Of course he does. Wow. 71.4 million. I can't imagine what that must feel like, that like when you decide to tweet or Instagram out or text out or whatever, hey, check out these new socks. They're kind of funny, huh? You know, 70-some million people are going to see 40 it. million likes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, David Beckham, turned his Instagram account over to a maternity doctor in Ukraine to raise awareness and money for expectant mothers in the war-torn nation. Uh, the hero female Ukrainian doctor, Irina, is the head of a regional perinatal center in Kharkiv and has been posting pictures and videos and and information about what's going on there and, and the rest of it. And it's raised a tremendous amount of awareness and money. So uh, nice job, David Beckham. Yeah, very cool. And I saw that President Zelensky himself actually thanked Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. For doing something similar, where they raised a whole bunch of money for, uh, you know, good stuff there in Ukraine. Getting yeah. a shout out to Ashton Kutcher from President Zelensky. These are odd times. Yeah. Well, celebrities have more power than they've ever had before through social media accounts and that sort of stuff. Woman hounded out of the WNBA for being straight is asking for her voice to be heard. Plus, uh, Chris Cuomo is trying to burn down CNN on his way out. Armstrong and Getty.